This is an RNZ podcast. Emergency services scrambling to search for two kayakers thought missing in Wellington Harbour. They were found safe in Lower Hutt after braving water that even our ferries didn't. That was News Hub reporter Mitchell Alexander on News Hub at 6 last Tuesday reporting on two kayakers who found themselves in the headlines that morning because the warning of big waves that later created a local state of emergency on Wellington's south coast didn't put them off their daily paddle. And earlier in the day, TBNZ News actually spoke to one of the pair who wasn't phased, but he was frozen. We live for this stuff and yeah. Um, yeah, just getting out before work and, um, and enjoying it. It's really good surf out there and we play it safe. I can hardly talk, I'm so freezing. <laughs> My mouth's frozen. And that attitude made those two a hot topic on talk radio. Wellington Mayor Andy Foster told News Talk ZB this. It's the sort of thing you go, what on earth are you thinking? That's absolutely nuts being out in those kind of weather conditions. You're putting yourself at risk and you're also putting other people at risk doing that kind of thing. But ZB's talk hosts had the aquatic adventurers' backs. Yeah, let them live. Yeah, totally with you, man. We are, a, we are a bunch of people as a country who love the great outdoors. I don't know why we're being such sissies about it. We were once a nation of go-getters. We were the nation that produced a man who went to climb the tallest mountain in the world before anyone else did. Uh, we're the country of adventurers, of explorers, of risk-takers, boundary-breakers. We were the country that took the number eight wire and did so much stuff with it, it became part of the way we speak. That was until we decided to become wet blankets. But never mind the go-getters or the wet blankets. What about the wet and cold reporters told to go and get the story this past week? Hayden Donnell now with their story. It's definitely snowing, ladies and gentlemen. That's One News reporter Thomas Mead delivering the news we all wanted to know this week. It was indeed snowing where he was in Canterbury, but that wasn't all. It also snowed in places like Wellington and Taranaki, while in Auckland it got quite cold. Most of us dealt with the bad weather in the usual ways, putting extra blankets on the bed, drinking Milo, and in the case of those living in Wellington's character villas, contracting a severe respiratory illness. For those working in the media, though, a different response kicked into gear. A snowy veil descended over their minds. In place of words like cold, wet or windy, a new vernacular emerged. They started to speak the language of wild weather. A polar blast closes roads and schools in the south. You've been tracking this chilly blast, Dan. Where is it at right now? The wintry blast affecting livestock. It will be hard to find a place today where the polar blast can be escaped. The polar blast, the polar blast came from the south. The polar blast is slowly headed north. The latest on the polar blast. The pole was blasting, the gales were lashing, the monster waves were battering, the snows were flurrying. Any normal person would have taken the hint and stayed indoors until nature calmed down. Not so the nation's reporters, who instead beat a path straight into the most miserable places in the country, where they proceeded to film themselves developing frostbite. On News Hub, Kayleigh Callahan earned this compliment from anchor Mike McRoberts after getting through an obviously difficult live cross from Wellington's windswept south coast. Uh, emergency accommodation available if that is needed. Now these weather warnings are in place until at least midday tomorrow. There's nothing else that authorities can really do apart from hunker down and wait it out tonight. Well done, Kayleigh. Thank you. His colleague Juliet Speedy had to stifle a sniff as she reported live from Canterbury's Port Hills. Well, that's exactly what happened with full snow falling right down to sea level and landing on the beach. At least the audience could hear what she was saying. Morning Report's Harry Locke wasn't quite so intelligible. 
Commodore Bay. So that's on Wellington, south coast, just along from Island Bay. Now, let me just, I'm just going to open the door and nip outside just so you can get the flavor. I apologize if you can't hear me very well. But yeah, so the sea is looking very angry. It's still pretty dark at the moment. Yeah, we really heard nothing of that, actually, <laughs> apart from the wind. Over on One News at Midday, Abby Wakefield was trying to operate in similar conditions to only slightly greater success. Chris, it's very cold, it's very windy and it's just started to hail out here in Ofedo Bay, but the residents are quite nervous as they prepare for potential evacuations tonight as emergency officials say that there may potentially be up to six metre swells. These windswept pieces to camera are far from isolated incidents. They stand in a long tradition of news organisations sending journalists into the most stormy places in the country to confirm to audiences the weather where they are is in fact not good. Last year, MediaWatch sent out an appeal for journalists to reveal their worst wild weather reporting experiences. Thomas Mead recounted the time he was buried up to his chest in snow. Former TV3 producer Phil Corkery admitted to taking the hood off reporter Emma Cropper's raincoat so she'd look really soaked and miserable, a trick he said worked a treat. Meanwhile, former radio reporter Tom Furley said he'd fallen down an open drain while covering a flash flood in Unihunga. There's possibly a case that sending these reporters out into snowstorms to be blasted, lashed, soaked, ravaged and drenched is borderline irresponsible. In any other workplace, these incidents would probably breach health and safety regulations. But while weather reporting does serve a purpose, even if it's only illustrating to viewers what would happen if they responded to weather warnings in the most stupid possible way. That demonstration could come from the journalists themselves, as was the case with this CBS crew taken out by a rogue wave while reporting on 2012's Hurricane Sandy. OK, whoa! Whoa! Hey, hey guys! Whoa! Wow. Or it could come from the public, as in this memorable report from News Hub's Sam Farrell, who interviewed a woman out walking in 2018's Cyclone Fehi. At any point have you feared for your safety today, or has it just been kind of just a bit of a different commute? Well, I was a bit worried going under the boot of car with trees, because like, they look a bit dodgy when they fall down, and I was like, that's sprinting under those. Covering these stories is also a rite of passage for reporters.